0: Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And we have so much to talk about today. Um, actually, for once, the universe was like shining down on us. Almost every time we record, the second we're done recording, news drops. However, this time, the news dropped like half an hour before we started recording. So look at us.
1: Yeah, we really timed it out well today.
0: We really did. Like, that worked out so perfectly. Um, We have a lot of recommendations. We got a lot of news. But we are going to finally be talking about phase two of The High Republic, specifically focusing on the adult novel Cataclysm. As far as recommendations go, um, if you haven't seen Across the Spider-Verse, what are you doing? Yeah,
1: it was incredible. One of the best movies I've ever seen.
0: Honestly, though, like, I I could have sat there and watched, like, two hours more of that movie. Like, when it ended, I was like, wait a second, what? And I keep seeing people on TikTok analyzing it. Um, Recently, I saw somebody analyze, like, the frames where Miles, like, glitches. And it shows him, like, in his, you know, like, the Spider-Man outfit he bought from the store and stuff like that. Like... It, it, it's just so, so amazing. It's so creative. Oh.
1: Just like hearing from animators the way they went about animating certain characters. Um, you know, we have um, Oscar Isaac
0: in this one. Yeah. He's amazing in it. hmm Did you see? They, um, so historic, okay. So Oscar Isaac's character, right? Miguel. Um, for some reason, has a dump truck, right? Yeah. Just got a dump truck. Well, he's
1: just, like, his body is just a work he, of art. He
0: was made for the girls and the gays in the days. Um, <laughs> so they, somebody found at their store um, honey buns from, like, it's like across the Spider-Verse, honey buns, and they put Miguel on there. <laughs> I'm like, they knew what they were doing. They They absolutely knew what they were doing. Yeah, Oscar Isaac was so good. I loved, like, the arc that they gave all of the characters, like, especially for Gwen. Like, she was – I loved everything about Gwen in this movie.
1: Yeah, and it's crazy that, like, we get this sequel and not only does it live up to the first one, but in my opinion, exceeds the first one. It's almost like, you know – I, dare I say, like, The Empire Strikes
0: Back? <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, like, yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like this is about to be, like, a perfect trilogy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. y- y- I feel like the reason for that is you can just see how much everybody who works on this movie cares. Yeah. Like, there's so much care that goes into it. And, like, it improves on the first one. Like, it brings in threads that, like, you didn't know were important. It's... I don't know, like, I I don't know how they went about mapping all this out and where it all started, but, like, they were like, we're going to change lives, and that's exactly what they're doing. It's so good. It's very much
1: a darker middle chapter.
0: It absolutely Um, is.
1: (laughs) You know, leaves you with a bit of a sense of doom.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Um But I will say, for some lightheartedness, um, there's a scene where there's, like, a lot of different Spider-Men, and that was just, I love people, like, going in there and finding, like, different ones and being Mm -hmm. like, oh my god, look at that one, this one's the Popsicle, like, this is a cat, you know? It's just so cute. (laughs) I like the car. Peter Park car, absolutely. That's an icon right there. (laughs) We also got the final season of Never Have I Ever. Alex watched the entire thing in a day. Which was outstanding. In I mean, I watched sitting. it in two days. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, one sitting. Like
1: in one sitting. Like I only had like bath I watched it in my living room, which is attached to my kitchen. So like I had my food. I only took bathroom breaks. Like
0: It <laughs> is this a season that almost like you just you just keep watching it, and you don't even realize how many episodes you've watched. I know.
1: And, like, I mean, you know, there are 20 to 30-minute episodes Which for the helps. most part. And there's 10 of them. I get to, like, halfway, and I'm like, wow, I'm already halfway. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I just needed to know how they were going to finish Davy's story. We're not going to spoil it, but going into the season, I think there was a lot of... Uh, speculation if she's gonna end up with someone in the love triangle or if she's gonna choose herself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in media, we're seeing a lot of that, like, just rhetoric of, like, female characters not choosing romance, like, yeah. and choosing themselves instead. And, it, and it, I find it pretty toxic in a way that it's like, oh, just because this character, you know, falls in love doesn't make them any less strong. So I was a little bit worried that this show was gonna end with her not choosing anyone, mm-hmm. I just really wanted her to choose someone. I mean,
0: yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, I'm like I, I get the sentiment of like wanting to choose yourself, mm-hmm. and the thing is, is that like you don't it doesn't have to be one or the other. Like, you can yeah. have both. Like, you can... Yeah,
1: and, like, I don't think it's always, like, a bad thing, but I think it's being, like, overdone lately. Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I like that in this, especially this season, yes, the love triangle is still a thing. Yes, Davy is still, like, you know, so messy and mm-hmm. just mess, you know, she's her own worst enemy. But a lot of care is given to the fact that, like, She is somebody who's been through trauma and has been grieving, like, the loss of her dad, like, this entire time. And she really does, like, you know, discover herself and, like, comes out the other end of it. And I think that it would have been a disservice to the story for her to, for them to be like, oh, no, like, the romance was just, like, a side thing. Like, we're just going to focus on the trauma and the grief. It's like, no, this has always been about both. Like, she's a teenage girl. It's all connected and it's all messy you know And
1: I love that like by the end of the show like her grief it's resolved that she is able to carry the grief with her in like a healthy way which like in my mind also goes hand in hand with her finally having like a su- successful healthy relationship too at the end it just like it's also full circle I also want to say they gave really good arcs to all of the other characters too. Yes.
0: Yes. Like okay, so like Alex and I are like Paxton stands. Like yeah. not necessarily team Paxton just like Paxton stan. I just like love him. Like yeah, I, love I don't him. ship. I don't necessarily like
1: ship him with Davey like hardcore, but I just love him.
0: Yeah, he's amazing. I his whole story was so beautiful and so mm-hmm. well done. And I really like that they hearken back to when he, like, broke up with Davy in the past. Like, he said, like, they couldn't be together until she learned to like herself. And that was, like, it wasn't just about their relationship. It was, like, you're not going to succeed in any of these things until you learn to like yourself. And that was, like, the central thing for Davy. I feel. And I, I love that they, like, explored those things. You got closure where you needed closure. Like, honestly, I, it makes me so mad that all of these shows keep getting canceled. where And then we see this, mm-hmm. and it's like, this was the perfect ending. This is exactly what it needed to be. Yeah. It gave us, like, resolution. Like, even Alex was saying, like, she wants to go back and restart it. Like, this is why shows need to be allowed it, to end. It
1: feels very planned out. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I want to go back and rewatch it. Because um, character arcs are resolved in such a satisfying way with callbacks back to, like, the first season.
0: yeah. Well, and even like there were images that got leaked of like an alternate ending, but even the alternate ending was the same thing that did happen, basically. Yeah.
1: It just like enforced it in like a different way. Yeah. yeah. So it I was love like alternate ending, too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like there was never no, like, oh, it could have gone this way. Like it was always leading this to this point. And that is just, uh, it was so good. Like, yeah, I keep thinking about the finale. The finale uh,
1: was perfect. It was
0: it was literally just, like, so, so amazing. And I hope that more shows are allowed to do that. Like, we got that with Succession, like, that good overall feeling. I feel like we got that mm-hmm. with Maisel. We got that with Ted Lasso. Now we got that with Never Have I Ever. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that all these shows are over, but, like, it's really beautiful that they were allowed to come to their natural conclusion. Yeah. It just... Oh,
1: <sighs> you know what I forgot that I finished? You are talking about natural conclusions. I finished Dickinson.
0: Oh, yeah. See, I still haven't finished Dickinson.
1: <laughs> you gotta finish Dickinson. I know.
0: <laughs> How was the ending, though?
1: <laughs> I loved it. It was really good. That's good. The whole show, really, really well done.
0: Yeah, I actually started re-watching Dickinson when you started watching it. Like, I, I'm still, like, in season one. Um, and then I was talking to my friend, like, I still haven't finished Servant either. And he said that that ending was also really good. So. Ooh.
1: yeah. Because we were both talking about canceling Apple TV for mm-hmm. the meanwhile, since Ted is done and I don't really watch much else. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to wrap up some loose ends, like watch Dickinson finally. Yeah. And I did that.
0: Honestly, I think you would like Servant. Like it's. It's kind of spooky. It's kind of eerie. Mm-hmm. The first season is so good. This is why we haven't finished it, because we we were rewatching it. The first season's amazing. The second season, you're like, mm, it's getting weird. Third, se- third season, you're like, this is weird. But apparently the fourth season, like you do get all the answers which is like needed because there's so many yeah. things that like you just are up in the air As M. Night can be like really good or really bad oh my god that reminds me I watched M. Night's new movie or newest it came out earlier this year Knock at the Cabin it oh, was yeah, yeah. so good okay like I What's kept his faces in that yeah Jonathan Groff is yeah. in it Dave Batista is in it um Ron Weasley is in it <laughs> Well, Which, it
1: seems like um Ripper Grant is kind of like M Knight's new little like wonder kid. He
0: is. <laughs> and I love that for him. Like that's so cute. Um because he's he's like a main character in Servant, and I love yeah. his character in servant. He's so funny. Um but yeah, no, knock at the cabin was actually really good, and Dave Bautista was so good in it.
1: I think people are sleeping on how good of an actor Dave Bautista is. Like, think about Guardians 3, think about um uh Glass Onion.
0: Yes. He always gives really good performances. Yeah. Like, honestly, this this performance, he he's nothing like his character in Glass Onion, but like you get the same undertones. Like, I don't know if that mm-hmm. makes sense at all. But, like, he's really reserved. He wears, like, a button-up shirt. He's got glasses. Like, the way he talks is very, like, matter of fact, but, like, kind of reserved. Like, it it was so interesting. And the ending was really good. Like, it, it really felt like a callback to, like old M. Night movies because I feel like, um, you know, like with Split and things like that, like he was getting a little bit more like in your face and this felt a lot quieter, like almost like a Sixth Sense type of vibe. Yeah. Um, And we really liked it. It was it was very good. It is violent. They don't show the violence um, because that's part of it. But um, people do get, you know, chopped up, Uh, but they don't show the chopping. So that's good. But it's
1: like is it like an audio thing? Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. So well, that's so gross. Well, cuz the what happens is is that like um there's the this family staying at a cabin. It, it's um a little girl and her two dads and Day Batista appears and he's like you have to let us in. Like everything's going to happen the way that it happens. We have something to tell you guys. And naturally they're like, "Um, no. Get away from us." And so things kind of un- unfurl from there and it's it's really good. Like, it, he does tension in that movie very well. Because you don't know if, like, what they're saying is true or this or that and the other thing. And I think that was kind of the twist of it. It's like, are they telling the truth? Okay. I'm,
1: like, yeah. really intrigued now.
0: Yeah, no, I would definitely watch it. Like, I think it's just really, really well done. I really, really liked it. Okay, so finally getting to some news, and um, we do have new Star Wars news, which we will get to in just a minute. Um, but first, we are very close um, to the spiritual Raylo movie Elemental, um, yeah. and the new indie.
1: Mm-hmm. So Elemental comes out this week. I'm so excited.
0: I'm very excited. Like it looks really cute. Yeah. And there was a um, Disney Dreamlight Valley update and there's like some elemental like stuff in the shop. Like that's just so cute.
1: Uh, I haven't I haven't played uh since that first day of the update. I'll have mm-hmm. to go check that stuff out.
0: I just finished the story stuff that they gave.
1: Um nice.
0: and it was really good.
1: I know. Like <laughs> I've I've been telling everyone how good the narrative of yeah. Moonlight Valley
0: has the gotten. The narrative is so it's good.
1: It's traumatic. Like, like, it is, like, trauma. Yeah. But, like... Well, and I was
0: very <laughs> surprised, like, with how it ends. Like, the people... Like, uh, does Disney... Is Disney aware of, like... I don't think Disney, like, <laughs> Iger has no idea what's going on. Yeah. I mean, Disney even, I I hate to admit it, got me to drop real money on this game. <sighs> I did. For the Wally pack? For the Wally pack. I did drop of real course. money for the Wally pack. <laughs> That's what I was doing this morning. And I, I haven't played a ton of the Wally part yet. Um, But even like, you know, they just unveiled like the fairy godmother. Mm-hmm. Uh, even her story quest is really cute. Like I'm on like yeah. level nine of her. So I'm almost done with her. But like, even that is just adorable. Like it's so nice. good. Um, But they always do like a like a star quest. And it's always Pixar related. Um, or for the most part, it's Pixar related. And this time, it's turning red and elemental. And there's just nice. some cute stuff in there. Okay.
1: Yeah. Our last one was the Parks Collection,
0: right? Yes. hmm And
1: before that was Toy Story.
0: Yeah. They I did, think? like, Car... Or they did Incredibles one time. Yeah. Incredibles. hmm Well, and I know that the next character that they're unveiling is Vanellope. hmm And we're getting Belle soon. That was-
1: finally coming oh Belle she's been- has been on yeah like on all of the like poster art yes and like bell hasn't been available yet
0: yeah so they uh, they unveiled um so when you get to the end of the story stuff um they unveil like what's coming next like there's like a little sneaky like to be continued thing and i'm really excited <laughs> i think it's gonna be really cool i'm not gonna spoil it because okay. it was really cool <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe I'll spend the rest of today doing that because I don't think I have anything to do.
0: There you go. It's a chill afternoon. Just a chill vibe. Just pop in an audiobook or watch some Gilmore Girls, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have that. We have Indy, which we have decided we are going to talk about Indiana Jones. And here's the thing. I have not watched The Crystal Skull yet. So I am going to watch that.
1: <laughs> I think I'm going to re-watch Crystal Skull. Because I... So, like, I'm a big indie fan. And I know the first... The trilogy. The first three. Like, I know them well. Don't mm-hmm. need to rewatch them. Like, I remember them very clearly. Yeah. Crystal Skull does not... Like, I need to jog the memory. Because I definitely not watched it as many times. I do have a very... I remember seeing it in theaters. Like, mm-hmm. I can remember that. And I can remember the plot very, like, undetailed. Yeah. But I, like, and I remember all of the dis- discourse over it. Yeah,
0: I know the discourse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, So, like, I wonder how it will play for me now. Like, because I was a kid when, when it came out,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Wait, wait,
1: what year was it?
0: Uh, I feel like it was, like, maybe middle school, high school. Kingdom
1: of the Christ, 2008. Yeah, so I was a teenager. Yeah. I feel like I don't remember hating it, but I also wasn't a middle-aged man. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it is very on, on par, potentially, with the hate that The Last Jedi got. Although, I do not believe this movie is a masterpiece like The Last Jedi. (laughs) <laughs> but I feel like probably some of the hate is like overcompensated. Probably. Yeah.
0: I'm excited to watch it. Like and I Kate Blanchett, I, Kate Blanchett I, is yeah. in it. She's the villain.
1: We love Kate Blanchett. Mhm.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be cool and I am actually I'm really excited for the new one. I'm not the biggest fan of Indiana Jones, but that's mostly just because they are a product of their time. Yeah, um, totally. But I love the characters, like, I, I think that they did such a good job of making, like, a a really fun IP, you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um who doesn't like, like, archaeology? Like, that's, like, yeah. so interesting. Like, it, they really tapped into, like, behind every hot girl is some kind of obsession with, like, Egypt, archaeology, dinosaurs, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody had a phase where that happened, and they just really tapped into it with Indiana Jones, I feel like. So that's really exciting. And plus, mm-hmm. you know, I'm excited to see Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Like, of course. Ah. Oh, and queen. Mads Mikkelsen. Yes. Oh, man. He's going to be back. Super yucky, ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in the new breaking Star Wars news, obviously it's not breaking by the time you listen to this, but um, Xbox was having like a like an expo, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, They were unveiling some new things, and one of the things that they unveiled was Star Wars Outlaws, um, which is a new game, and it's going to be completely open world. I was so shocked by this. Alex did remind me that they mentioned, like, once, years ago, that they were working on an open world game, and so we finally have it. Um, And there is a trailer. I think the trailer looks pretty solid. It
1: looks really good.
0: Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. It's Not, like, focused on Force-sensitives, which I think is good, because it's going to set itself apart from, you know, like, the Jedi Fallen Order games. Um, It looks like we're focused in more on, like, the Syndicate world.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's exciting. So when does this take place? Okay, so it looked like Han was frozen, right?
1: Oh, so you think, yeah.
0: So, like, during those
1: comics.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I think yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Tying the time. Into
1: those, the Crimson comics run.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe we would see some some Kira, possibly. Oh, my God. I would be into that. Oh, my God. Yes. That would be really cool. Sign me up. Yes. I, like, listen, like, I'm desperate for Merkira, except for the thing that they're giving us. I'm not desperate for that. True. <laughs> um, But yeah, so we're introduced to our main character, um, Kay Vess. She kind of gives me Afro vibes.
1: Hmm, interesting.
0: Mm -hmm. She, like, for me, it's
1: like almost like a mixture of Jin Erso and Afro.
0: Yeah, I see that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's going to be really cool. I definitely feel like a lot of people are going to cosplay her. Like her look feels very, like, we're going to see that everywhere.
1: It feels like very real world that you could do the cosplay. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need like a lot of hair or make- Like You don't necessarily need a wig. You don't necessarily need like a lot of makeup. So it feels doable.
0: Yes, it looks very doable. I also felt like um, the graphics or like the way it was animated, it's a lot more like they're using more realism. Like mm-hmm. it's it's hard to explain because Fallen Order is very like realism. But this, Mm -hmm. like, even more so, it almost looks like it could be live action. Like, it's very close.
1: I mean, we also haven't seen gameplay, though. That's true. We saw all, like, cinematic. And, like, like, they're always going to show, like, the best for the trailer. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure that it's necessarily more realistic than Fallen Order. This is true. It's just that, like... They're gonna show us like the best of the best stuff for the trailer.
0: Yeah, but it looks really cool. So I am mm-hmm. excited to see how that goes. And it being open world is very cool. Yeah, because there's like, a lot. How you many can planets?
1: Do. How many planets do you think you're gonna be able to go
0: to? Oh man, like I don't even know. Cause I, how many could you go to in Survivor? Like a handful?
1: Yeah, it's like just the story, right? You yeah. Just,
0: yeah. So this is telling me like you might have free reign on the planets you go to. Like just mm-hmm. go out and explore. So that's really interesting. And that is a a hefty thing for games to do. Like that takes mm-hmm. a lot. So I'm excited. I think it'll be really interesting. Okay, so moving in to Higher Public. So we are going to be focusing in on Cataclysm, which is the final book for, well, it's the final adult novel for Phase 2 of the Higher Public. But before we get there, I wanted to kind of talk about the Phase 2 books in general. So what what have you all read from Phase 2?
1: Which is the order again? So, uh, I don't the, think I've read the second and third one, but I've read
0: the first one. So the first phase it was quest for the hidden city was the middle grade path of deceit was the young adult and then convergence was the adult and then we had the audio drama battle for jetta i have i've read battle for jetta
1: listen Uh to it yeah
0: and then phase two was quest for planet x path of vengeance and cataclysm okay convergence and battle for jetta i've read Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you read Cataclysm, obviously, because that's what we want to talk about. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about, like, reading order, because I, I felt this when I read the first part. Because in phase one, the reading order very much is adult novel, middle grade, um, young adult, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, you get a little bit of variation, but for the most part, that's what it is. And that is not true for phase two at all. It's, um, that's very confusing, though, for readers. It's extremely confusing, and I felt like I read both. Fa- I read both waves backwards, and I especially felt that with wave two. Like I read wave two entirely backwards, and I feel like it hurt my reading experience. Reading yeah. it like that. So Have they they said anything about a reading order, like the authors? Not to my knowledge. Um, It's entirely possible they have, and I just haven't seen it. Um, But I always assume with Higher Public that you start with the adult novel, unless it's like, oh, you read what comes out first, right? Yeah. So like in phase one, like one time you start with the young adult novel and things like that. But for this one, (laughs) the releases got a little bit mixed up um so sometimes things got pushed back things got pushed forward but really you should start with Quest for the Hidden City um which I don't like and I was like you don't need this it's boring like you don't need this at all I don't see what you know use came from it until I read Quest for Planet X and I was like oh okay I get it now so like I do think you start with Quest for the Hidden City because you're introduced to the character of Sunshine Dobbs And he's very important for the path of the open hand. And you're also introduced to the idea of pathfinders and how communications are completely different. Like you have to have buoys and droids and stuff like that. So you're introduced to that. Then you move into Path of Deceit, which is all about the path for the open hand. Like all about it. Like you're completely on Dalna. You're just learning about Marta and everything. And honestly, like Path of Deceit, ooh, so good, quintessential Star Wars book, loved it. And then you read Convergence, and that's when you're like, okay, there's a conflict happening on Erem and Iron O, there's so many characters, that's kind of your, you know, what was it, Light of the Jedi, where everything's happening, you're getting so much information. Um, And then you have to read The Battle for Jeddah, because it follows immediately after Convergence. Yeah. It's very important
1: for Cataclysm. It's
0: extremely important. Well, and it's extremely important for Path of Vengeance, too. Um, and this is also your point where, like, if you want to read the comics, read the comics before you read Battle for Jeddah, Because the comics take place on Jeddah, And it's kind of the lead up to the battle. Like, the last five issues, I think, take place during the Battle of Jetta. Um, so, like, if you're reading the comics, you do it then. The thing about the comics is that it introduces you to the fact that, like, the Path is now on Jetta, they're kind of weird, and there's also all of these thefts happening, and you're like, why are these relics disappearing? And that's something that you learn about in Path of Deceit, so you're kind of like, okay, so there's these things that are connected here. And then at the very end, you learn, like, why they were really on Jeddah, and, like, it's like, okay. And that kicks you off into wave two. And I think you, this is, I'm like so adamant about this. You start with Quest for Planet X. You have to. Did I like Quest for Planet X? It was okay. Like I gave it like a 3.75. It's all right. Um. Long story short, they do not go to Planet X. <laughs> <laughs> like not a spoiler. They don't go to Planet X. Um. But like you get more information on like Communications being down, which is very important for Cataclysm, that, like, all of these buoys are being messed with. Um, And then you go into Path of Vengeance. And to me, Path of Vengeance is the book. For phase two, that's the book. So do you think that, like, people should just read Path of Deceit,
1: Battle for Jeddah, and then Path of Vengeance? Absolutely. If you want the short version,
0: yes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Totally agree with that. Because... Everything else, I feel like, is kind of set dressing. Because um, Path of Vengeance, like, you you go to Planet X. Like, okay. you go there. That's where the nameless come from. Like, that's, that is known. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's where the nameless come from. So you actually go there. And that whole sequence was absolutely insane. You actually learn who the mother is. You learn her backstory, why she's doing what she's doing. You see... The creation of what will eventually become the Nile, like it's so good. Kevin Scott,
1: I will, (laughs) I will read Path of Legends for sure.
0: Our boy Kevin Scott really knows how to Mm -hmm. write a book.
1: (laughs) Um, We knew that though. We we've
0: been new. Yeah. Like.
1: We we're like Cav's biggest fans. We are. If Cav
0: <laughs> has two fans, it's us. If Cav has zero fans, we're dead. <laughs> like,
1: yeah,
0: we're dead. <laughs> we're dead. Um, and then to me, like the send-off for phase two is cataclysm. Like it is such a such an ending. Mm-hmm. It's also so confusing. And I feel like, you know, I started with cataclysm and I feel like I should have read these other books first and then read it, and I think it would have made more sense. Because I so I haven't
1: read Path of Vengeance, but you saying that like it has all this info about the mother. Yes. Like, so then that needs to be before Cataclysm because yes. the mother is um very much like important to Cataclysm, but she's mysterious. Hmm. So like getting that info about why she's doing what she's doing would be really good for Cataclysm because I don't know yes. what she, why she's doing what she's doing. Well, and I will. I say- mean, like. I mean, like, overall, you know, but not like, like, I don't know her, like, deep motivation, I guess.
0: Yeah. And I, I, when I was reading Cataclysm, I felt that, too. Like, I I was so, like, it felt weird after reading Path of Deceit to see the path of the open hand from such a distance. Because it's like, why, why aren't we in the caves? Why don't we know what's going on? Because that's all in Path of Vengeance. It's kind of like when... You remember how we thought Fallen Star was going to have, like, a lot of Avar in it, and then it just mm-hmm. didn't because she was in the comics? Yeah. Like, that's kind of what happened here, I feel like. It's like we're missing this information, and, like, I get it. Synergy, they want you to be reading everything, but I feel like when it comes to the adult novels, like, they should be pretty standalone, I think it's a lot to ask if you're going to read the adult novel to also read, like, the middle grade and, like, all that kind of stuff. I definitely
1: feel like there's that disconnect with the middle grade series from the adult. Like, I think it's more common for us adult fans to be reading the YA and the adult, and I think less people – in our demographic are reaching for the middle grade and like you said like you didn't really care about these middle grade that books that much
0: anyways no and honestly to me the like the bottom book like the one i liked the least was quest for the hidden city like that one was by george Mann. it was Mm -hmm. too long and it's so removed from everything like you start with that one just because it gives you like a an introduction to this time period. It's like a prologue. It's kind of like a prologue, yeah. But like for the most part, I was like, you you don't need to read this book at all. So like the main reason I included is because Planet X is a little bit more important, and you do need Hidden City for Planet X. So like that's okay. kind of the only reason. Because um, like I feel like the biggest thing with Cataclysm. Is the end, which I I like. What you wrote about the end at the bottom, um, I have a lot of thoughts about it. Yeah, I have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's like the important part. I love Yaddle in Cataclysm, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like what Path of Vengeance does is it you it a lot of it takes place alongside Cataclysm, and it's like here's the less complicated version. Okay, so
1: I've been reading the wrong books.
0: But I feel like that's how it was. Like, I also started with the wrong books.
1: (laughs) So, like, I've been really, really busy. So I, like, picked and choose and said, I'm going to do the adult series. But I'm going to have a lot of time this summer Mm -hmm. to catch up on this stuff. And I will definitely be going for the uh, YA books first, and then see how I'm feeling if I want to read middle grade. Honestly,
0: I think you can skip them. Like, if you're you're feeling it, you're feeling it. (laughs) But, like, if you're not, it's okay. It's, (laughs) like, the biggest... I I literally finished Quest for Planet X last night, and I kid you not, (laughs) when I realized that they weren't going to be going to Planet X, I was like, you're kidding me. (laughs) Like, I kept thinking about it because... They go to Planet X in Path for Vengeance. So I'm like, what are they going to do? Like, I knew that these characters weren't there because they don't interact so, with like, each Path other. So like Path of Vengeance is a sequel
1: to Quest for Planet X. So like Planet X, they're just like literally looking for it. Well, wait, Hidden City. Is Hidden City also Planet X
0: or is Hidden City no, a different Hidden place? No, Hidden City is a different planet. <laughs> okay. Um, although I will say in Planet X, um, they do start and end on Batu. And if cool. they don't add root worm wraps, what was the point? <laughs>
1: <laughs> root worm wraps. What do you think that's like? Like, what did it? Did it say anything about it? The no, taste? No, it
0: didn't. But they were really root, excited to eat them. Do you think they're dessert
1: root worm wraps? No, or do you think they're, I
0: feel like I was thinking kind of like the the ronto wraps, except they're worms. So maybe like more. It's a different meat. More jerky it's like. like. Oh. Maybe. I don't know. So it's like, oh,
1: interesting. Yeah.
0: Like, that's kind of what I was thinking.
1: <laughs> it doesn't sound appetizing to me, but interesting. No, it
0: doesn't. But the characters were really looking forward to them
1: for some reason. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that it was like a dessert thing. Rootworm wraps. Like, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking? No. What? <laughs> like, you know, that new like trend on TikTok where people are wrapping uh, ice cream in fruit rolls. <laughs> It's ice cream
0: wrapped in a root worm?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly – that sounds better. I love ice – I'm, like, a huge ice cream person.
0: Wrapped in a worm? Like
1: <laughs> – Yeah. Okay. Like, you fill the worm – like, it's a giant worm.
0: Oh, okay. Like like a okay. cannoli.
1: Yeah. Okay. Like an ice – like a ice cream cannoli –
0: but it's a worm. Yeah. Disney, are you listening? Wait, that
1: actually makes sense, right?
0: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a cannoli! A space cannoli! <laughs> but like ice cream instead of like custard. I, I think the too dis- is in Florida and it's hot. The
0: disconnect for me is that it's a worm. <laughs> But yeah, that was like the most notable thing I feel like. I'm just trying happened. to make
1: this thing appetizing. I think I'm doing a good job in making something sound delicious.
0: Sure. <laughs> I I will say, listen, if it was like a cannoli, I, I would buy it. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I'd buy it. You know, it's fine. Oh, you know what else it could be?
1: <laughs> just getting more unhinged. You know, like when you're at Disney World and you go up to the um ice cream... Like, trolleys. Not, like, an ice cream store, but, Mm -hmm. like, the trolleys that have, like, the Minnie Mouse bars. Like, you like those. They also have chocolate-covered bananas. (laughs) That could be, like, the root worm. (gasps) A chocolate-dipped worm. And and they're frozen. It's, (laughs) like, a frozen chocolate-dipped banana.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) That is... I'm just
1: looking for something really refreshing on those hot Batu days. That's
0: true. I mean, that's what you need when you're on Batu mm-hmm. guys. I my, I still love that, like, every time Batuu is in a book, they talk about food. And so that's why yeah. I'm like, is this going to be in Batu Because, like, Crash of Fate was all about that Endorian tip-yip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, yes. So I think if you have not read Phase 2 and you're like, mm, what should I do? I honestly think it's the YA books and the Battle of Jeddah. But they, they do kind of recap the important bits of the battle in Path of Vengeance. But I yeah. feel like you'll still be lost if you don't have it. You are going to miss everything about the peace treaties and all of that. But at the end of the day... It was kind of redundant, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I think that brings us back to the end of Conver- Cataclysm. Yeah, like, like the whole point.
1: Sh- should we should we just skip to the end? Uh, I want to do. Let's do some non spoiler thoughts before we just like bring up the end of Cataclysm. Okay,
0: absolutely. So I will say non spoiler thoughts. I do think it's a good follow up to Convergence. Mm-hmm. However if you don't read the audio drama, you're going to be like, what happened? Yeah. Because at the end of Convergence, it's like, oh, we're going to have a peace treaty. Like, everything's going to be good now. And then you start with Cataclysm and you're like, oh, we're not. (laughs) So I kind of think you do have to have that in between. Mm -hmm. And I, I do also think that it is a good end for the phase so like when I read it and you start there you're like oh the phase is over so it's weird to go back and read the other books I do think that it it sends back to what I'm guessing is gonna be phase three because of what happens at the end like I think people are gonna uncover like what gets swept under the rug probably is yeah. where we're headed um so I, but I do a think a lot of
1: okay it's a lot of words to just make that point
0: it is it is a <laughs> lot of words to make a very simple point i agree <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that's the, that's the end but um my non-spoiler thoughts i'm confused a bit about the amount of characters that are in this series that is convergence and cataclysm Especially looking at, like, when you look at the covers of the books. Mm-hmm. The first book is Gella. Yep. The second book is Axel. But I wouldn't say they're the, ma- the main, main characters. It's like another ensemble, like, book. Mm-hmm. Similar to Light of the Jedi, Rising Storm. Those covers have a bunch of characters on them. Yes, I agree. So I think. It's weird that we only have one character on the cover of each of these
0: books. I agree with that. I do think that the expectation from the cover is that Gela's the main character and then Axel is the main character. And I it's agree. Like
1: the, the, I, from, if you're looking at those two covers, mm-hmm. you get a bit of like a synopsis for the two books. You're like, oh, we're going to watch a romance play out between this Jedi and this um, Chancellor's son, right? mm mm-hmm. Which sounds fanficy and wonderful, and it sounds
0: wonderful, yes,
1: wonderful. And I think that we were very misled with the marketing of these
0: books. <laughs> yes, because it is very political. Like I, I will say, I, I like the relationship between Gela and Axel. It, mm-hmm. It's not, it's not what I wanted it to be, um, but I do like it. I think yeah. it was very fascinating. I wish. I find myself a lot of the times, especially with these two books, wishing that they were more new adults and that it was one perspective because yeah. then I think it would have gone into it more. Um, that is what I feel like the Star Wars books, especially the adult books, miss out on a lot is like a lot of that introspection. And I think that would have helped because it's also meant to mirror our other two characters, which are pseudo main characters, which is Ziri and um, Pontu. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, rivals on these two planets, these heirs to these two planets, and they end up you know, in a politically arranged marriage, and I wanted to see more tension with that, but even that feels very it, just yeah, basic. It's, it, there's no, guess, not a lot of passion.
1: You know, yeah, I guess like my criticism of these books is it's they're not romantic, which is so
0: bizarre to me because the first one was Zoraida Cordova, no, mm-hmm. was it or was it Rebecca Roanhorse? No, it was Cordova. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and then it was Lydia Kang. So like I was expecting a little but bit it's more. Like, it's exactly
1: what you're saying though about intro, like introspective. Like we're not getting like deep dives into their feelings in this. Mm -hmm. That tension that you get from reading YA usually when you get a lot of, like, inner feelings.
0: Yeah. And I I think more than anything, that's what makes the difference between the Path books and then these books really stand out. Because, I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. one's YA and one's adult. So, like, it's apples and oranges. But in the young adult novels, it's... I mean there's several characters where you get different perspectives. I mean I would definitely say our main characters are Marta and Yana for the most part. Um but going into their psyche is so insane and it informs so much more about like the Nile and everything whereas with this it it feels very clean cut like removed Jedi. So it's like how does this carry over like you don't really feel like you lived with the characters I guess
1: I also feel like um no if it's the writers that were chosen or how they developed these characters but I find myself enjoying reading our main characters from phase one better like Avar you know like I don't know what it is, Is it's like the way they develop those characters, they feel a little bit more grounded, more dimensional.
0: Yeah, no, and I absolutely agree with that, because, like, I remember reading Light of the Jedi, and I was like, uh, this is boring, but, like, I'm interested in, like, ooh, this thing's happening. There's some tension there, you know? Like, you kind of pick up on mm-hmm. those things, and I felt like these two books, it, it's almost like clinical in the way that it, it shows it, it's like yeah. it's just like a fact. It's like this is happening, and there's not mm-hmm. there's not a lot of complexity behind it. And I wonder if Phase Two had been a trilogy again, if that would have been different. But even then, like I've read duologies where they can fully explore and adapt characters, yeah. and that's well, just not I also, done here. I also just
1: wonder about the development of this phase in general, because with Phase one, you know, we have all this info about them, you know, going off, being secluded, the five writers together and coming up with just the High Republic. Mm -hmm. Right. They sat down together and they created these characters almost in like a very collaborative space. And I don't know, like, did they also do that for
0: phase two for these new characters? Yeah. Maybe not
1: as in depth.
0: Well, and I will say, and like I hate to say this because there's so much like good talent here, right? Like Mm -hmm. Zorina Cordova is awesome, and like honestly, like Lydia Kang like is a good writer. Like I don't, and
1: this book is written really well. It's very well
0: written. Like it Mm -hmm. is a good. It's a very well put together book. And like even George Mann, like I'm not a fan of him, but like he is obviously a very good writer. But I do want to say, when it comes to the stuff where I'm like, "Ooh, that's interesting. Let's explore farther," it was our legacy writers, like it was Justina and Kevin, mm-hmm. that was like really going. Yeah, because now it. the
1: group is really big, and being collaborative, the bigger the group gets, becomes harder.
0: Yeah. So I, I definitely think there might be something to be said for that. I kind of wish, like, obviously, phase two, you know, it's smaller. Because it's like showing us like, oh, you need this information in order to move forward. Just like how, you know, kind of like what our main Star Wars did. It's like, oh, take this information, you know, about Anakin and the fall and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, move forward with it. And I feel like I wish it had just been about the Nile kind of. I love the idea of the nameless. I feel like it's still a little... They make it a little bit too mysterious in everything except for Path of Vengeance. Like, in everything else, it's like, oh, what is this thing? Oh, it's terrifying, blah, 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 blah. And, like, unless you're reading Path of Vengeance, like, at any other time, it's, like, very mysterious. Nobody knows about it. And I wish that they had given more attention to why it's still so mysterious in our main series, right? Like Yeah,
1: because I think that brings us, you know, to the end of this book. Um not giving us a ton of information to take forward with us back into the like present, quote unquote present timeline.
0: Yes. Yeah. Cause I I, I feel like the like the set for like this the big set piece for this phase is the war between Iram and Ireno. Um, which is interesting because in phase one, we learn about Comac and can't remember other Jedi's name. Um, and they were like super interested in Irum and Irino and like they did something with their queens, like that kind of thing. So that was interesting. But I felt like the war itself, it, it wasn't really good given me a lot to like get invested in because it was like oh it's the forever war but like it's not really and like why are they fighting i i don't know they just kind of are like it it never really felt enough for me to get attached to this war like i I, at the end of the day i didn't really care what happened to these two planets like i i thought it was interesting but like i wasn't invested and like
1: from the way you talk about the ya novels it feels like there's more substance there that you can you know enjoy that story for what it is and whereas here it almost feels like a vehicle to give us information rather than investment into characters into a story
0: yes well because i even try like i i i literally didn't even know this until i was reading quest for planet x which is like the last thing that i needed to read for all of this phase dalna which is the home of the path of the open hand and the big where the big battle takes place for convergence is in the same system as Irim and Ireno. Oh, like I didn't even pick up on that.
1: I thought it was far. No, I, had, I, I, I mean,
0: they got on a ship to go there. So, like, I'm guessing I mean, when they say system, they mean like they orbit the same star. I guess you know, like it's a, like a hmm. planetary system. I'm guessing. Yeah. Um. So they exist in the same system, which is why, like the mother is so involved with like the war and doing all this stuff like they're in the same space. So they need to have maps. Yeah is what you're I would have liked a map that would have been nice because um, I was like I, I kept one of the, one thing that I never feel like is given enough answer to is why the mother cares that there's a war going on. Mm-hmm. I still feel like that was always like why 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 do, why does that matter? Like, it just felt very, like...
1: I guess, like, she's trying to distract people. I think so. Like, she wants the war to go on so that, like, the chancellors
0: are distracted by it. She definitely does want that because she is, you know, the enemy of the path of the open hand is the Jedi, like, plain Mm -hmm. and simple. Like, that's their enemy. So sometimes I'm like, okay, so are they, you know, is she luring the Jedi into a trap? Like, is she doing this? Is she doing that? Um, and, like, ultimately, like, her ending is so fascinating, <laughs> it's so cool. Um, I hope that they talk more about it in Phase 3. But there was, like, this disconnect with it's like, okay, like, obviously, Siri and Pontu are cool, but I almost feel like you almost didn't need a perspective from the war at all. Yeah. Like, it could have just been Jedi- helping mm-hmm. them, you know? And
1: then that, you know, that leads us to, like, oh, you know, Axel and Gala could have gotten such a more fleshed-out relationship than...
0: Yeah, like, if you dropped the perspective from Ziri and Pontu, like, they were still, like, in an arranged marriage, that was still a thing, but it was mm-hmm. just told from Gala and Axel... I think that would have been really interesting.
1: I guess we can start spoiling this book now.
0: Yeah, let let's get into a little bit of spoilers here. Um, so I mean, like obviously we're talking a lot about the end and kind of how we get there is the war seemed like it came to an end because there was a peace treaty. The peace talks break down on Jeddah because there's a huge battle. Um, the battle is instigated by the Path of the Open Hand. Um, and I do think it's really interesting. In convergence to see the mother lies so smoothly because especially when you're reading everything like everything that comes out of her mouth is a blatant lies yeah like she is she is the queen of gaslight gatekeep girl boss <laughs> like nobody does it like her Um and then you know they flee back to Dalna, but now the Jedi are like hmm maybe we should go investigate these people Maybe yeah. there's something going but, on here. Maybe they were involved on Jedi. Maybe. Maybe. You know, maybe it wasn't just one bad egg. Maybe the whole basket's yeah. bad. And it's particularly funny because of what happened in Path of Deceit. Because two Jedi go there and then are never heard from again. And now suddenly they're like, oh, maybe we should follow up on that. <laughs> like, it's just funny. But like. Through, like, a comedy of errors, so many people end up on Dalna and it's like, oh, yeah. like, we're all doing the same thing, but we don't, we're not affiliated no with each communication, other. communication, <laughs> but that's all because, like, the buoy goes down and the yeah. comms are broken. Well, and I think, like, that's the biggest thing with phase two is that communications are so different because it's, like, you're, it's, like, old-timey, I guess, you know? So, yeah. like, you have to have these communication relays there are droids that get ferried between planets that carry messages mm-hmm. like it, it's it, they don't have like instant communication. And that was kind of the thing with Quest for Planet X, like they discover these buoys being down and they kind of get into like how they're going to fix them. Um, so that made a lot more sense. But yeah, like nobody can communicate with each other because they are so far away from the core and they're like just now opening trade routes like this is very remote from, like, the base of the Jedi. So they're like, I don't, what's going on over there? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah.
1: I love the part where Yoda calls Yaddle and, like, (laughs) is like, hey, like, can you do this? And she completely mishears him and then just goes to (laughs) (laughs) Dalna.
0: I, my favorite part of this book is Yaddle. She's (laughs) such a queen. Like, she's like, oh, okay, sure. And she, like, takes a little paddle on with her. And it's just like, here we go, off into mm-hmm. battle. She just, she's amazing. That was so good. And like, because it wasn't just her there. There were like others and like, there's so many names of Jedi. And like, I, so just, many. I just can't.
1: There's like at least. And like, and you know, like by the end of this book, like half of the Jedi
0: that are on Donna die. Yeah. So it's like they didn't, it didn't even matter to know them. Like, yeah, it's kind of like, like the Jedi, like half of them die by the end of the book. Yeah, so it's like it doesn't, it doesn't even matter. Like, to me, the only team that mattered was Yattles. because it's like Yaddle's not going to die. Yeah. We know when Yaddle dies. Well, obviously, and like Gela gets
1: there eventually, too.
0: <laughs> okay, that does remind me, though. There is one thing that I really, really liked. Okay, so... Axel, you know, he gets arrested for his involvement in the war because he is working with the Path of the Open Hand. Him working with the Path of the Open Hand was a little bit weird. I feel like it was really just to be like, yeah, take that, mom, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, That's his attitude, though. That is his attitude. I really Mm -hmm. liked when Gela goes to visit him on the prison. And, like, he is kind of putting up a front of, like, being so sick so that he can, you know, escape. Yeah. But... There's a a moment where he thinks Gela's dead and that was good. Okay, the ship? Like, the part on the ship?
1: Yeah. Okay, I have something to say about that. Okay. Okay, so like, the whole thing, you're talking about the comms and all the tech back then. How is it that they are able to remotely pilot the ship? And then we get to The Last Jedi and... Amilyn Holdo has to sacrifice herself. I cause... have something else to say about
0: that, actually. Okay. <laughs> so you know how in The Last Jedi, it is so like, oh my god, they tracked us through hyperspace? Yeah. They f- track them through hyperspace in Quest for Planet X. Yeah, but... Oh, they do? Yeah. I, was gonna,
1: I thought you were going to say about tracking Axel, but because no. they had a like, thing on his clothes. Like
0: in Quest for Planet X, like... They're being pursued by, like, another member of the Graf family. It's, like, one of the character's brothers. And, like, within, like, an hour of them landing anywhere, he's, like, right on them. So it's not exactly, like, in The Last Jedi, but it's very similar. It was really
1: weird. Tech is so weird because it's, like, their comms are, like, carrier pigeons, basically. But then, like, they're advanced in other ways. It was really odd. But I wonder that in that case okay, like, the ships didn't have the technology to create protection against that kind of tracking. And then that was developed.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I could absolutely Mm -hmm. see that. And, I mean, it gets into, like, the graphs. having Like, more than anything, what I'm wishing for is more information on the Zantecas and the graphs. Like, I think that they should have been more of a focus because they're, like, the hyperspace... Prospectors, yeah, you know, the Santecas for sure, yeah. Second, the Santecas are not in this phase like at all. Mm -hmm. The graphs are, which is important because the graphs are working with the Nile in phase one, like what we find out, and we find out here that the graphs were also working with the path of the open hand, so like they go way back, you know. But that I wish there was a little bit more with that. I do like seeing Axel be conflicted about. Oh my God, Gel is dead. That was really nice, though. Yeah. I did like that. I was wanting more, though. Like I, they never. Listen, I just want a forbidden Jedi rom- love. Like, like
1: it. Like by the end, doesn't feel like romance is on the table.
0: No, because they're just besties.
1: Like, it's like it's so weird. Because like.
0: The the tropes are troping in the wrong way. It's like the tropes start <laughs> troping, and they're like, "Oh wait, I'm let me I'm not troping. I'm troping too yeah. hard. Let me back off."
1: You know, it's like the beginning. It's you know, Axel saying things like, "You're so beautiful," mm-hmm. like all these things that you en- you think by the end of this book, like yeah. her being a way seeker playing into that her being able to have a relationship because she's not really a Jedi anymore
0: or even like I would have loved to see her walk away like yeah I I'm like waiting for a Jedi to walk away from the order during 20, this, yeah. yeah and like because that still hasn't happened because to me like the corruption is well you really see that at the end of this but like I'm waiting for a Jedi to be like maybe we are wrong because there's so many people who hate the Jedi already. Yeah. And I just, we haven't seen that yet. So, I don't know. Like, when can we start criticizing the Jedi? Because we need to. <laughs> we need to, you know? Um, And it all, yeah. Oh, You even have, like, this awesome quote here. So, like, Axel at the end, like, he does come back around and a lot of it has to do with him thinking that Gella died and then realizing like he's on the wrong side he doesn't want to do this like they were even going to kill his mom who's one of the tri- um, chancellors and the line he says goodbye my Jedi knight and you tell me they're just besties yeah what? what? so I have a lot of questions
1: It's it is a, it was a very weird vibe to be like besties besties yeah
0: <laughs> Like, like he's like he's like you should come visit me and we can just have good chats. Yeah, we're just gonna chat. That's all we're gonna do. We're just gonna chat. So just, just guys being dudes. Like it's just like weird. Like that his
1: lesson that he took from Gela was like, oh, I. He he. It's even mentioned. I didn't write down the quote, but like. That he learns to not hurt and not to hate from Gela. Mm-hmm. That's what he says. It's like hurt and hate. He learns not to do that from yeah. her. It's like take it a step forward. Why don't we go into some love here? Like, yeah. did you learn from to love from her? Did no, you because learn, the Jedi don't love. Did you learn? <sighs> do you learn to put someone ahead of yourself? Like no, I, because the Jedi don't do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like that's where it all comes down Gella, to, right? But
1: like, like the hope is that, like, because Gel is a way seeker, she does things a little bit differently. Maybe he would have learned, he could have learned that from her if yeah. it was written differently, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely know. think that there was alternate avenues that would have had a little bit more resonance. And we just didn't get that because, like, like, it's just very, like, matter of fact. Like, Star Wars, can you look at yourself and think about why
1: Lost Stars is so beloved?
0: Yes, please. Like, we had not seen that level mm -hmm. of introspection, of conflict since then. And, like, that's what we've all been looking for. Yeah, And then
1: just having, like, a romance on two sides of a war, you Mm -hmm. know?
0: Yeah, so, like, the only place really in Phase 2 where we get that at all, and I mean, even in the higher public in general, is with the Path books. Because Marta Mm -hmm. Rowe is, like, she loves with her whole heart, and sometimes that's kind of scary. But she ends up with, like, two love interests, um, and Kevin Scott, whoo! Man. Okay. Kevin. I'm convinced. Kevin. I'm going to go read it. Kevin, write some... Why haven't you been writing ca- YA, Kevin? Like, man. But, like, I mean, <laughs> Rising Storm was very ya It was. In the way it was
1: written.
0: He's missed his calling. Why is there no Kevin Scott in the YA aisle? Like, you know. So it's really interesting because I feel like with Marta, they really explore how she forms attachments very easily and she is like a fiercely loyal person. And then when she feels like she's been betrayed, like this rage that she has inside of her was, is so fascinating. And it's like
1: over, like she just severs ties. Yeah.
0: Like it's, it's really hard for her because, you know, she has a really, there's a character named Kevmo Zink in Path of Deceit and he's a, he's a Padawan. And they are, like, the main focus, and it's between them two, and it's him discovering the path, and it's her seeing for the first time Jedi and doing everything that she learned is wrong. Like, the path learned that, like, you can never manipulate the Force. If you manipulate the Force here, it's going to cause ripples somewhere else. And so to see him do these things is terrifying to her, but then he's so you know, gallant, and he's so brave, and he's courageous, and it stirs up all this conflict in her, and I'm like, that's what I want. Where was that with, like, Gela and Axel, right? But that's,
1: like, it's so weird, because, like, I, marketing-wise, I never would have guessed that. No. Because look at the, like, covers, like, just look, look at the front covers, look at the, you know, synopsis for Convergence. Like, Convergence was supposed to be that, like, crazy enemies or, like, you know, fate – star-fated lovers, like, I don't know. It's so strange. It is
0: really strange because I I feel like marketing-wise, like, that's what we thought we were getting and we just – we just don't. And there's so I feel like there's a lot of distractions in these books, like, with all these other characters. It's just – it's very strange. And then, like, even – Kind of as a circle back to with, like, not knowing a ton about the mother in this book, I remembered getting towards the end and then all of a sudden switching from the path of the open hand to the path of the closed fist. Yeah. Um, that makes a lot more sense in Path of Vengeance um, because they're actually following somebody else at that point. But you don't know because that. It, but
1: that's because it's from that book is more from the perspective of the past.
0: Yeah, but like in if you were just reading the adult novels, like I feel like it feels so one note villainous,
1: you know? It, it does. Well, that's how it came across to me. Is that like, oh, they're really putting their foot down now?
0: Yeah, they're
1: they're they're not playing anymore. Okay,
0: because mm-hmm. it's like I want to talk about like the nameless and the leveler because it's fascinating but um, it's not in this book it's not we know about the leveler because martyrian row is like i'm gonna bring them back or marky and row however you say his name marky mark um marky mark's like i have this nameless threat like that kind of thing and like the sins done to the nameless and all of this stuff and seeing that play out and seeing like the reason they're revered is because they like feast on four sensitive specifically And we still don't really know why Force Sensitives see them as such horrors and why it strikes such fear in them. But the best times that that has played out so far has been in Young Adult and then in the comics, like the original run of the comics. When the Nameless are introduced in that, it's terrifying.
1: Well, it's it's also... um... What's the last book in The Adult? Isn't that the book where they're all on the ship and there's one there? Yes. Yeah. That's terrifying. It is
0: terrifying. Like, it's so scary. And I hope that we dive more into it because I think what we're getting at is that these characters are being abused by specifically the path of the open hand because the path of the open hand are the ones who took them from their home world. And I think now they're being, you know, used against the Jedi. And I am very interested to see how that plays out. Because at the end of the book, who's going to hide all this information? Who thinks, come on, (laughs) everything that we just learned is like, no, 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 no. Don't tell anybody. Well, I mean,
1: it's a very obvious answer. Yoda. (laughs) Yoda decides... (laughs) We're burying this info. It's not going in the archives. Like we
0: are we are burying this. Like, Joe Costa knew would be so mad. I like this just
1: like fills me with such hate. I mean, like, like he just Yoda's
0: horrible. Yeah. Do like I went through an I hate Yoda phase. Like when You're I was back new, in
1: it, yeah. Like You're when really I was back in
0: it, yeah. Like I, when I was new to Star Wars, especially watching like the the prequels, and then like kind of moving on from there, I'm like, Yoda's awful. Like everything happens because he doesn't like Anakin. Like he and Mace don't like Anakin. They're like, I don't care. You're gonna be this thing, you know, just not listening to him ever, and all that kind of stuff. And like then you still see this. Where he just is like, we're hiding this information. Like this is such like a failure of the Jedi Order. We're gonna hide it, and I'm like, no. The failure is that you're not doing something about it. Like I get it. Like learning that there's this threat, this terror that could completely dismantle the order is is a big deal. But just he to is such hide a it, terrible leader. Yes, it's like no wonder Dooku fell to the. Your Padawan fell to the dark side. No wonder.
1: It's like, how do you, how can you even trust Yoda? You can't. Like, he's, like, conniving and a liar. I, like, I he's, like, like, actually horrible.
0: I, I honestly feel like the true villain of Star Wars is Yoda. <laughs> like, yeah because uh, I kept I was so like kind of annoyed by the fact that he was in the High Republic, and I'm like yeah whatever I guess it makes sense and like he apparently is like a main character in the adventure comics like by Daniel Jose older and I'm like why why do we need more Yoda and now it's like oh because he's he he's the villain <laughs> yeah the
1: entire point of like I wrote this down the the whole point of phase two is it To just tell us that this is all Yoda's
0: fault? I mean, kind of. And I feel like at the end, this is what I'm hoping for, right? Because we're moving into phase three now. And we did get like all of our titles and everything announced. So it's like we have Eye of Darkness, Defy the Storm, like stuff like that, you know, coming out. And what I'm thinking is that you know, our characters, especially, I think, um, Elzar in particular, is going to discover this stuff. And it's going to be like, how could they keep this from us? And I think we're going to see leaving the Jedi. Oh, if yeah. He finds I, that out. I, I think we're going to see a split happen. I think that it's not just going to be Elzar. I think several people are going to leave the order. And I think yeah. the order that's left is going to start to get more and more conservative until we get to how we see them. Makes sense. Yes.
1: I So then to me, then, that makes sense that no one became a lost 20 in phase two because the, the you know, the crux of this whole story is the show, like, the first people to leave.
0: Yeah, I think and so. And Why? Yeah, and like if that's where we're going, I am extremely intrigued by that. Yeah,
1: I like this makes me even though I'm like you know critical of this book in a lot of ways, it makes me very excited for the future of going back to those characters that we fell in love with and how they're gonna deal with this. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, and like it it makes me wonder because we know like acolyte acolyte's actually gonna happen like. During phase three, like we're not even going to be done with phase three by the time Acolyte comes out, and it, it's High Republic adjacent, like, and Vernestra is going to be in it, mm-hmm. and I have so many questions specifically about Vernestra, like, yeah, I f- and
1: adult Vernestra, yeah, adult
0: Vernestra, and of course, you know, my boy who's not actually dead, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I really think that. We're gonna see a split happen, and I think it would be really interesting to see, like, Elzar on one side of it, and Avar on the other side of it. Like, like, Avar, like, sides with Yoda, and is Mm -hmm. like, I'm staying with the Order, and Elzar's like, you don't understand. Do you not see all of this that has happened? I mean,
1: like, and it makes me wonder, like, who's gonna take down the Nihil? Who's gonna take down the Leveler? Like... Because that all has to be resolved by the time we get to the prequels.
0: It does. Yeah, it absolutely does. So like, it's, it's gonna go away. I kind of feel like, well, we know that the prophecies that we get now in Master and Apprentice are pretty much all higher public. The danger of the past is not past. Mm -hmm. So the past was phase two. It sleeps in an egg. That is, you know, the nameless coming back again. We do know that the sins done to the nameless, that is our creatures, you know, that kind of thing. It's all higher public related. I wonder, you know, because we still haven't seen Sith yet. Like I wonder if like we we take care of the Nile and then that's how we uncover like a Sith threat. And if Yeah. I mean, obviously. That feels like the acolyte. It it does. But I wonder if somebody from these novels is going to become a Sith.
1: Oh, yeah, I hope so.
0: Like, like, Elzar you know?
1: Please! Like, <laughs> please. Like, I'm begging you.
0: Yeah, because I, I think it's really intriguing to think that the Sith were born out of the arrogance of the Jedi. Like, it was never just some, like, dark side threat existing out in the universe. Like, it was born from the Jedi Order. Like, I think that's fascinating. And I don't know if that's the way that they're going, but I think that would be really interesting.
1: But what I like, so you, you're you also a believer that Stellan is alive as yes. well.
0: Yes, I am. Is there is. a world where Stellan is the Sith? Oh my god. I would die. I would love <laughs> to see it. Well, because like, okay, here's my conspiracy theory, <laughs> right? I, my tinfoil hat is on. Um, I think that Stellan survived but they can't feel him in the force because he spent so much time with that nameless like with the leveler in starlight beacon and I think that something's gonna happen to him similar to what we see in path of vengeance and I want to that's what I want to see I think that would be really interesting yeah okay we're excited for phase three yes yes You know, maybe when you read the young adult novels, we'll have, we'll do an episode just about that. I think that's a good idea. (laughs) Good idea. Like, there's just, there's a lot to say specifically just about Path of Vengeance. And I also think it's interesting that, like, you know, they started like a Mercurian Row comic and there was only two episodes and then they didn't, or two issues and then they haven't touched it since. I wonder if we're going to pick back up with that now that phase two is over and we know more about, like, the origins a little bit. So I'm interested. I think that'll be really cool. I don't know how I feel about it being told by Charles so when it could be told by Kevin. But that's okay.
1: (laughs) I do want to talk about B-Note a bit.
0: Okay. Because I
1: think you were saying you were a bit, like, confused about why – Axel was with like the path and serving the mother, and like it's kind of like you know, he's being rebellious against his mom. But I think that like he did kind of form a brotherhood with Beano. Like, obviously, by the end of this, like they become enemies, and Beano does kill himself, sort of by accident. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, but like I do feel like Axel had no one, and Beano was, you know.
0: The someone.
1: The person that he had. And then now, but he now he has a new friendship, so he doesn't need his friend anymore, I guess.
0: I, yeah, I definitely think that there were some slight Ben Solo notes within that. Just like this idea of him feeling so alone because his mom is so busy and doesn't have time for him. And you know how kids are, like, they act out, they rebel, they're, they're trying to get that attention from the parent. And unfortunately, he found that attention and that connection with somebody who was not actually his friend. And I, I do think that was really interesting. I, wi- I I still feel like we don't get a ton about, like, why certain people are in the path enough, though. Like, why is he in the path? You know, like, that kind of thing. Um, because for the most part, like, it's like a commune, but they, there is, you know, like, an insidious underbelly of them, like, stealing things and mercenaries and, like, that kind of things. But, um, it's interesting. Like, it it makes me wonder why, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how Axel became an agent for her secret agenda so quickly, like, for the mother's secret agenda so quickly, instead of, like, joining the commune aspect of it.
1: Well, the mother probably did a lot of manipulating because he she knows how uh, valuable it is to have someone like Axel because
0: mm-hmm. of his mother. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's very, it's very interesting. There's also stuff to be said about Jedi taking, you know, children still and like them growing up and like being in Mm -hmm. this type of family because I feel like that is echoed a little bit in the path of the open hand it is
1: it totally is um I I found it strange for you know them condoning it like the Jedi like being like hey this is really bad that you guys are taking kids and doing this and And it's like like,
0: um really are you saying that are you really saying that right now (laughs) well and that's even listen Kevin Scott. <laughs> that is explored. <laughs> um so yeah, I hope we see more of that though yeah. because that's obviously a big thing with the Rey new Jedi order thing as well. Mm-hmm. Like are we taking children cuz that was also echoed with like the stormtroopers, like where are we going from here? Yeah. There's so many there's so many avenues that they could go in. I hope that they take risks and don't play it safe is my only thing because mm-hmm. I, I I feel like overall phase two was like a little safe if that makes sense yeah so I'd like to see them take some more risks
1: totally I also one last thought think something that I really liked is that because Axel had Gela's they, like, the kyber crystals, like, commute, communicate, so she was able to track him because she he had her saber. I really like that, and why wasn't that, like, a romantic thing?
0: I know. I don't know. <laughs> well, especially because, like, in the Clone Wars, it was like, the saber is the heart of the Jedi.
1: Oh, yeah, when...
0: Is that, like, when
1: Anakin um,
0: yeah. gave
1: his to Padme?
0: He was giving yeah, her his was heart. So,
1: and that was so romantic.
0: Yeah. So they could have played on that so much more, I don't know, I And, don't like, believe. I love that
1: that happened at the moment that, like, Axel turned on them. hmm Like, it just, like, it's so, the tension, like, the I don't know. It just, like... Yeah. We didn't reach that, like, point in the relationship, I guess.
0: If they were being written by, like, a Reylo fan fiction author, man. Could you imagine? <laughs> I mean, like, we've seen su- similar kind of fix, like,
1: satellites.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, it...
1: Remember we thought that the series was going to be, like, satellite?
0: We did, because, like, (laughs) that's what it sounded like. It was literally, like, a Jedi guard and a Chancellor's
1: son. And even, like, into this book, there was so much, like, parallels to that. Like, even just, like, Axel kind of being manipulated by the mother was very, like, Kylo Snoke. Mm -hmm. Like, very much. Like, it's just... It was a strange direction they went in.
0: It was. It was. I. I feel like the authors that we have for phase three have been very hopeful because we're kind of echoing a lot, especially when you get to like the final bit of phase three. I don't think I have that still in here, but um, I know like we're closing out phase three with like our original authors again, which I think is. Very good. 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 I'm glad that we're doing that. Well, I think that is going to do it um, for this episode. Obviously, there's so much more still to talk about with higher public. So hopefully we can get a little bit more in depth into that. But overall, like really excited for phase three. And that does start later on this year. So we are getting pretty close. But anyway, if you'd like to keep the conversation going, you can find us pretty much always on Twitter or Instagram at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at MacArthur Shannon and Alex is at Alex Leonis. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.